Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Chip Chats. It's been a hot moment since I said that, <laughs> but honestly, I'm glad to be back. It's It's been a couple months of crazy, all-over-the-place life, <laughs> I guess you could say, and uh, I know I've been getting a lot of questions lately about When's Chip Chats coming back? Where's Chip Chats? What happened to Chip Chats? Well, I'm telling you, they're coming back. It may not be next week, but I am putting them on the schedule this week. I will be doing it this week. I am super excited to be back into it. And I just wanted to upload a little something to kind of tell you guys what's been going on. And, you know, this episode's not going to be like my normal episodes because I don't have a partner in crime who I'm talking with right now. And I know that Chip Chats is an interview style podcast and I do do, (laughs) I'm a child, I do interviews with people to talk about what's going on in life. But honestly, it's been so long, what's it been like three months? I don't know. It's been ridiculous that I haven't been on here and I just wanted to make my own little ramble style podcast to just kind of tell you guys what's going on before I start on the interview train again which will be happening very soon. You'll start getting your weekly podcast again soon. We're finally getting back into the rhythm of things. You know, the kids have now just started their new school, which if you don't know, if you're a listener and you don't know, I do have two children. (laughs) You can find me on Instagram at Instagram at Chelchip. If you don't follow me for some reason, which I it's kind of unlikely that you're going to come across this podcast unless you follow me, but I feel like I should say that. (laughs) But I do have two kids, two boys, uh, four and a almost nine-year-old who are my life um, and have definitely taken a lot of my attention these past couple months. Um, I guess I should start from the beginning. Uh, I hope you have your coffee with you because I definitely have my coffee with me right now. <laughs> so if I stop and take little pauses to do little sips, that would be why. Cause I don't want it to get cold and coffee is delicious and I haven't had my morning elixir yet. So lay off. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, a couple of months ago, my husband and I started looking for a new place to live. And this is about the time where Chip Chats kind of fell off the wagon. Um, We lived in an environment that, uh, not necessarily anyone's real fault, but became a very toxic environment. You know how you live with certain individuals who your personalities don't match, or some people are on different levels than other people. I was just having this conversation with one of my friends last night about how I truly believe the more life experience I get and the more people I come in contact with and the more relationships I look at and I kind of evaluate, I'm a people person, but I tend to do this thing where I really can peg how a situation is going to go based on what I know about people. I am very adept at looking at people's personalities and seeing what they are and are not capable of. And I've come to realize that everyone kind of sits at their own level of, let's call it good, quote unquote, which in reality means that some people are more selfish than other people. 
And if you're going to be happy in a relationship, you're going to have to find someone who is around the same area of selfishness as you. Chances are, if you're with a partner who's like super selfish and you yourself are a very giving person, chances are that relationship won't necessarily work out because you will always be giving too much and they will always be taking too much. And there's always different levels of this, whether you call it narcissism, whether you call it um, selfishness, whether you call it just good and bad. There's tons of different names that we call this because we do tend to look at it that the more selfish you are, the more bad you are, which is not necessarily always the case. So don't, don't get all defensive on me now, people. But um, I, I have seen this happen a lot where if two people are not on the same level of quote unquote good as the other person, then things aren't balanced well enough, right? Like kind of like one of those scales where you put, you put the weights on one side of the plate and the weights on the other side of the plate and it balances back and forth and says how equal you are. I, I do believe that that is the case a lot of the time. And when it came to me living in this certain household, my balance was way off of other people in this house's balance. And because of this, a lot of anger and aggression was aimed in my direction. Um, I'm not going to get into who was more selfish and who said what and who did this and who did that, because that is also their personal business, not just my personal business. But I did end up in a place where I felt not only super anxious and super depressed and really beat myself up a lot, feeling like there was something wrong with me, but it also just became such a toxic environment that I was having anxiety just walking through the front door. And this is a really hard thought to grasp um, when this place is supposed to be your home. So when the last fight or commotion, whatever you want to call it in that household happened, um, we started to actively look for a place to live. We couldn't do it anymore is essentially what it ended up on. And the stress of all of that combined with the stress of finding a place combined with the stress of still managing to get my one child to school because my other child wasn't in school yet and balancing all that and juggling my work and juggling the fact that I was slowly getting more responsibility. Cause if you didn't know, um, I do work for a climbing gym and I, my Instagram, I talk about a lot how I love to boulder and I do all these crazy moves on the wall. And if you don't know, bouldering is rock climbing without rope or harness. Um, I also have started to take on, well, now am the manager of said gym. So I've had a lot more responsibilities thrown my way because being a manager does come with certain things that you need to go through with certain jobs that you have to do. And you, you do have a lot of things on the go a lot of the time. Mm. This coffee man is so good. Anyway, <laughs> so the combination of looking for a new place to live, figuring out all the details about that, dealing with the depression and anxiety that was constantly swarming me and causing me to want to sleep wherever possible, wanting to eat wherever possible, wanting to just be so absorbed in myself wherever possible, um, definitely caused me to step back from a lot of things, Instagram included. 
I love, absolutely love and adore my Instagram community. I love Daryl. I love Crystal. I love, like, there's just Shelby. There's so many amazing people who have come on this podcast, who are going to come on this podcast in the upcoming weeks. So definitely look forward to that as well. Um, who are constantly there messaging me, supporting me, encouraging me. And if you do follow me on my Instagram, you probably noticed that within these last couple of months, my my posts have mostly shifted from being weight loss related to being a lot of mental health related because I was having so many internal battles. And this is kind of hard for me to talk about, but it's also kind of the reason why I wanted to come on here and chat because there's only so much you can say in an Instagram post, right? There's only so much you can explain and so much you can show off in that little tiny blurb of a picture without me posting constantly. And with how much I had going on, I couldn't post constantly. So there wasn't a moment for me to sit there and just be like, Hey guys, verbal barf. This is what happened. And I thought if I'm going to come back to chit chat, I needed to come back to chip chats with a good solid conversation with myself where I'm just talking and I'm not talking to somebody and we're not comparing stories and I'm just explaining what the heck has happened. <laughs> so I hope you're in for a treat because it's coming. Um, so yeah, I just ultimately fell down. I fell off. I fell flat. I fell <laughs> sideways. I don't, I don't know what you want to call it, but I felt hopeless. And from going from so many months of feeling so positive and so strong and so confident, and at the same time of having all this crash down upon me, also having an uplifting, I'm progressing in my company, my, my job appreciates me and shows love and support. And I have this amazing community around me because the climbing community truly does blow me away to coming home and sitting there and crying and feeling like I was nothing. It was such a like throw around in my mind. And it made me step back from Instagram too in a way because I felt like I wasn't being a good influence. I was talking too much about my mental health. I was talking too much about how I was in this cloud because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't know how to explain it. I didn't know how to find the time to talk to somebody about it. And there was a couple people on Instagram, Chelsea especially, so thanks Chelsea, you're great, um, who I would talk about these things with and I would have conversations with and be like, look, I'm really struggling. I'm struggling in my relationship with my husband. I'm struggling in my mind. I'm struggling everywhere. And I'm starting to have these feelings that I haven't had in a really, really, really long time. And it's hard. It's hard when you're faced with so many emotional, abusive thoughts to sit there and be like, yeah, just got to be positive. And I just 
got to continue to eat right. And I just got to continue on my journey. And I plateaued and over and over, I'd be like, I want to get back. I want to feel better. I want to stop eating junk. I want to stop doing all these things. And I feel like I'm a failure. It's so easy to say I I'm a failure, even when you're not. And I sat there for a long time sitting with Rich, talking to Rich about how I just felt like I wasn't good enough. We tend to do this thing where as humans, we bite off more than we can chew. And I know I'm not alone in saying this. I've had many conversations with people who also feel the same way, but you, you sit there and you go, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do this. You find your enjoyment in all your little things. You take on your gym, you take on your writing, you take on your Instagram, you take on your work, you take on your life, you take on multiple. I have multiple businesses, as I've talked about in this uh, podcast before, that uh, like I sell Norwex, but it has become such a back burner thing because my life is just so occupied by so much more. And part of what makes me feel better is also helping my friends through things because I have, again, have a lot of life experience and I'm really good at reading people. So my friends often come to me asking for advice. And a lot of the time they'll come to me apologizing for laying this on me or giving it to me. But honestly, what they don't know is how much better it makes me feel to know that I'm helping. When I'm helping my friends get through something, when I'm helping my friends figure out their relationship issues or figure out some new love or figure out their life or figure out what they're going to do, it makes me feel less worthless. And it helps me a lot to help them get through their issues. And when someone comes up to me and apologizes for laying their dirt on me, I just want to scream and shout and be like, no, don't apologize because you're helping me. You're helping me feel like my mind is telling me lies. It's hard to explain anxiety when you don't have anxiety. Explaining anxiety to someone who doesn't have anxiety is such a whirlwind. It's so hard. For the longest time, Rich sat there and he didn't have anxiety. So at the beginning of our relationship, there was a lot of fights and things that happened because he just didn't understand why I couldn't just not think that way. He he didn't understand why I couldn't just turn it off and be like, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) Because in his mind, that's all he would do. He would have a negative thought and he'd be like, nah, you're being stupid. Don't think about that and move on. Meanwhile, with anxiety, you you just can't, you can't turn it off. You sit there and as much as you want to tell yourself that you are worthwhile, there'll be one little look sent your way, one little comment sent your way that probably doesn't even mean anything, but in your mind means a million things and just spirals out of control. I would have a friend look at me funny because they were having a bad day more often in their mind. And all of a sudden I'm coming home thinking, I did something wrong. My friend hates me. Like, what did I do? I thought we were close. I have a lot of these problems because in my life, I've been burned by a lot of people. 
I am an overly trustworthy person. I tend to give everybody the benefit of the doubt because in my mind, I know people can change. I know people do bad things. I know we're all, again, on different levels of good or selfishness or whatever you want to call it. So there will be times when people make selfish decisions, but it does not necessarily mean that that person is not a good person. I am a believer in if someone wants to change, they will change. If they don't want to change, then nothing will happen. You can say, yeah, 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 I know I'm bad. I know I want to be different. I know I want to be kinder. But unless you truly believe in your heart that you are not a good person, nothing will ever change because you are not actively going to try and change anything. So living in an environment where I felt like I was being attacked and dealing with all those emotions with also a handful of other things going on in my life and past history that I've had with people and past emotions that I've shed and tears that I've shed definitely took over. I would have a lot of conversations with Rich where I would sit there and and I'm sorry if this is kind of all over the place. I'm just speaking and I hope you appreciate that in a way, but I would be in a place where I would sit there and I would cry and he would be like, what is wrong? And I would be like, I feel like I am lying to people. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, I love my Instagram community and I love being present and I love helping people and I love getting everyone through these things because again, it makes me feel so much better and makes my anxiety calm down when I'm helping other people. But in the same retrospect, I feel like I'm not taking my own advice. And I feel like I'm broken. And I feel like I'm worthless. And I feel like nobody cares about me. And I feel like if I died tomorrow, the only person you would give a shit, excuse my French, is you, aka Rich. And this this would also accumulate into my children because I would feel like they loved him more than me or they didn't necessarily want to be around me. And I felt like something was wrong with me. And it's just so fucked up. It's so fucked up that you can go from one point of feeling so amazing and so confident and feeling like I was helping so many people to being in a spot where I felt like I gave nothing to the world, despite people constantly telling me how much I was influencing them and how much I was supporting them and how much I was doing for them and how awesome I am. And I still battle with these feelings. But now that we've moved out of that environment, it happens a lot less. The times that will happen is the times where I come in contact 
with certain individuals or I have to talk about certain things where it cycles and it creeps back in or the littlest thing can set off. One bad thing can happen at work. I can have one bad night where I'm not really there. I can have one thought where I'm not really there and everything implodes. And this is strictly just from years and years and years of constantly chipping away at the stone wall that I've put up around myself where things have happened that have knocked me down. So that on top of the stress of moving now, because now we've found a place where shifting and moving. This is around June. We found a place. We moved into a place. We have this amazing home now that the stresses of this home are different stresses because it's stresses like making sure the bills are paid and things like that versus emotional stress. Walking through this door, it's a safe place. And I've felt like not to knock anyone down because living in that house was what we needed and was very much appreciated and very much got us to the place we are now. And I, I definitely look at life that way. Bad things need to happen for you to realize the good, for you to grow and to change and to become stronger and to have, you need to have tough situations happen. You cannot have everything just handed to you. So I'm very much appreciative of what happened in that house, even if it was not a good situation. I very much appreciate and respect the fact that I needed to live through that to get to the point that I am at today. But it's hard. <laughs> it, it's, it was hard. I lived in a space where I constantly felt unsafe for two years. And before that, I, I lived in a space where I also had a lot of demons and anxieties and different things that I had to go through for years on top of that. To now finally having a place where we, I can walk through the door and I can literally leave it at the door. I can take a big breath of fresh air and know that I have a safe space. And it is such a great, amazing feeling, but that's still sat there. <laughs> we moved in and we had so much going on and the kids are around constantly because now it's summer and we're trying to do things and we're trying to juggle the fact that Rich and I work opposite shifts so that the kids don't have to go to daycare and I don't really see my husband and I see my kids and now I'm at a point where I don't really see my kids because now I work a shift that is less time with them. But it's the routine is starting to build. And I knew I was going to see them less because they were both starting school this year. So when they go back to school in September, because in Canada we start the first week of September, I knew that no matter what I worked, I was going to see them less than I saw them in the summertime because in the summertime we saw each other all day long until I went to work at four or five o'clock at night. So I kind of sat in this bubble throughout the summer where I was getting over those negative feelings and still battling this anxiety and this depression and 
working through all those negative thoughts that had piled up from years and years and years of looking so negatively upon myself to also finding a new routine and to unpacking and doing all these things and creating this amazing office space that I'm sitting in right now, which I've showcased a little bit on my Instagram, but part of the reason we fell in love with this place was because there was a spot for me to have an office to sit here and look out this amazing window at all these houses and trees in my backyard and be able to dive back into my writing, to be able to dive back into chip chats and be able to have a safe space to just really sit and focus and not think about anything else. Because honestly, before, if I tried to sit down and record one of these podcasts where I'm sitting here talking to myself, I probably would have nothing to say. I didn't have a spot to sit and talk and often had a hard time setting up any podcast at all because I would have to figure out when the heck I was going to work around everybody else to having this space now that I can like shut a door and be by my own in my own space, doing my own thing and not worrying about the rest of the house. And it's honestly the most relaxing, relieving feeling ever, which is part of the reason why I'm so excited to get back into it. Um, but yeah, like that's, that's pretty much what's been going on. It's been a crazy wild ride of emotions and moving and roller coasters. And it's just been everywhere, but I've also gained so many new friends this year and I've gained so much respect for myself and I've gained so much life knowledge and skills and I'm growing more and more happy and I'm feeling more and more confident and better about who I am as a person. And it's no longer like when my friends or my husband or my kids tell me how amazing I am or tell me that I'm doing great things or tell me that I'm the glue that sticks people together Literally, my son said that my eight-year-old in the car told me, Mom, you're like the gray ninja on Ninjago, which I've never watched, but he loves, <laughs> who brings everyone together. And you're like the glue that brings people together. And you help people connect and you help them see things that they wouldn't see. This came out of my eight-year-old's mouth the other day, and I almost burst into tears, not going to lie. Um because hearing it from an eight-year-old, it's just one of those things like kids don't lie about these things. They just blatantly say what they honestly feel, right? And to hear my kid turn around and say that to me was like, wow, dude, like, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I needed to hear that. And he's not the only one who tells it to me. But my anxiety also can be so strong that these comments are made and these things are said to me and all I can think of is they have to say that because they're my friend they have to say that because they're my husband they have to say that because they don't they don't have to say that they do because they mean it and sometimes it's really hard for us to wrap our heads around that but anyway the biggest part being I also at the same point have been battling the fact that 
my weight has plateaued for a year. A year ago, I reached the point that I'm at now and I am still at that point. And people come to me and they're like, do you plateau? Do you like, how do you work through that? And yes, yes, a hundred percent. I plateau. I just plateaued for a year (laughs) because life gets in the way. Emotions get in the way. And I'm not saying to use your emotions as an excuse, but sometimes there's things in life that are more important than eating your motherfucking broccoli. Again, this is not going to be a non-explicit podcast because I, when I start talking about my feelings, just kind of let it all out. (laughs) So I'm sorry if you're being offended by my bad words, but so part of it too is that I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I've plateaued for a year. How do I run a weight loss Instagram and try to tell people to feel better about themselves when I still have a wee bit of weight to lose to really feel confident and comfortable and where to feel like where I want to be? Um, not only will it help my climbing, but it, it, it will help me with life as well. Um, how do I run an Instagram like this when... I'm not even doing that great myself. And I know that I'm not letting anybody down. And I know that it's common at my size to have plateaus. And I know why I'm having these plateaus. But I just can't seem to break it. I just can't seem to get back on track for long enough to break the plateau. And this is something very common that happens, but for some reason we knock ourselves down so much about it that it very easily goes hand in hand with our anxiety and our depression. And so sitting there and talking to Rich and saying how I felt like I needed to stop using Instagram or stop doing this or stop doing that because I just didn't feel good enough. And then having him sit there and be like, you are good enough. Like stop. (laughs) Was it was an interesting battle as well. Um, so I would just keep going and keep trying to remind myself that life sometimes doesn't give you lemons. Life sometimes gives you oranges and you just got to do what you can (laughs) I ain't making lemonade I'm making orange juice over here and that might not be perfect but it's a step in the right direction and all I would keep saying to people who come up to me asking for advice about plateaus is look I've been in plateau for a year I've been constantly going through it all this time the best advice I can have for you is to make sure that you're educated. And I think this is a big reason why a lot of people on diets end up eventually falling off the wagon. Because when you blatantly follow a diet and you're not paying attention to what you're doing or what you're eating, you will often find yourself in a space where eventually you get fed up because life gets in the way, anxiety gets in the way, depression gets in the way, 
you're moving, your new routine is starting, something happens that you are going to fall off that perfect wagon that you've set up for yourself because of that diet plan that you are following. There is going to be a point where you no longer can eat exactly what you're told to eat because you don't have the funds or because you don't have the time or because you don't have the energy or because you just don't fucking feel like it. But if you educate yourself on what you're actually putting into your body, then when you fall off those plateaus you or fall off that wagon, you still know where to go. There was a lot of times where I would follow a diet before I actually lost the weight in which I would have hard circumstances happen in my life where my anxiety would spike or I would feel worthless or what have you, where I would stop eating well after whatever, a month, two months, however long I managed to stick to the plan before something was thrown my way. And uh, I then would go and grab a candy bar and say, fuck it. (laughs) Because A, sugar is super addicting. And really hard to break. It's like, it's like, a, it, well, it is a drug. Sugar is a drug. It's a processed plant that turns into something that your body cannot break down the same as a natural sugar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's addicting. It spikes your hormones and messes with your brain things. And I don't necessarily, I know the science behind it, but I don't know it to like fully explain it. Um, like word for word without looking it up and kind of reminding myself, but I have learned about the science behind it. And it does like, it triggers things in your brains. Then they watch through CT scans and stuff about how your brain lights up differently when you're under or eating processed sugars and things like that, how your body reacts to processed sugars. And it's super addicting. So often we'll go for things that even chips, macaronis, breads, excuse me, all these things have sugars in them and work with our bodies to create sugars. So automatically what we'll do when we're feeling down or low is turn to our addiction. Just like, right, when you see an alcoholic or a drug addict, you will see them cycle back and return to their drug of choice because something in their life isn't right. And it creates their mind or makes their mind go to a place where it isn't right. So when you are in a plateau, the best thing that you can do for yourself is one, allow yourself to kind of give in a little bit because it's going to happen regardless. Two, don't beat yourself up about giving in a little bit. Three, try not to go overboard when you give in a little bit. And four, educate yourself. Educate yourself on what you're putting into your body. So when you reach for that third candy bar, you're not thinking, ah, this is fine. You're thinking, if I continue to eat all these candy bars, it's going to affect my body in this way. And I know that when my body is affected in that way, it's not great. And sometimes we will overindulge and we will give in to too much candy or too much chocolate or too much bread or too much pop or too, whatever your weakness is, 
you will give into it too much because you are so emotionally drained that you're just shoving things in your mouth and that tastes good. So it's going in there, right? So you're going to put this stuff in your body. If you don't educate yourself about it, you're not going to think about it. You're just going to shove it in there and you're going to continue. And then you're going to feel like a failure and you're going to cycle and you're going to stop eating great because then you've already failed and you have not failed. If you have one bad day where you're shoving all that junk in your mouth, that does not mean the end of your weight loss. That does not mean the end of your confidence. That does not mean you are worth any less. That does not mean you've been preaching the wrong things. It doesn't mean anything other than you are stressed out and you have shit going on. And you are dealing with it the best way you can. And the best way you can deal with it from that point forward is just to keep going. So for this past year, I've plateaued. And I've gone through nights where I sat there and I ate a bunch of junk. And I've gone through more nights than I can count where I went and I bought a chocolate bar. And I bought some chips. And I bought whatever because I just didn't care about myself. And that's the hardest thing with depression and the anxiety is that you constantly are put in such a spot where you feel so worthless that you stop caring. Because every time I've grabbed one of these chocolate bars in the past year, or one of these sacks of candy or whatever, I've literally had moments where I look at it and I say to myself, fuck it. And I put it in my body. That a hundred percent Sounds like someone who is addicted. Now, September. September is a new month. And Rich has turned around to me and he has said, look, babe, I'm ready to lose this weight. I'm done feeling like this. He's starting to feel depression and anxiety too. He's battling it too. I'm done. And I get it because I was there. And I can see it in his eyes and I can feel the spark. And he is shedding wait because September is my restart month. This is often the month where I'm awoken because it's my birthday and I sit there and I go, I'm another year older. What am I doing? (laughs) Where am I going? How, How much closer to death am I? And how do I prevent that death from coming any closer? And this is my wake up month where I turn around and I go, yep, it's time to change. Now, does this mean that I stop enjoying life? No. It doesn't mean that I say no a little bit more to like going out or say no a little bit more to eating junk. I say no a little bit more to buying junk food. Yes, 100%. Right now in my house, there is very little junk food. And really, in reality, if I really want to eat something sweet, I'm going to turn to the fruit roll-ups that are sitting in my closet here for my kids' lunches. And I'm going to eat only one of them because I know what sugar does to your body and I know what overindulging does to your body. And one little fruit roll-up will not be the end of me, but... 10 little fruit roll-ups might be a stomach ache the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully that makes sense. I don't know. I'm just talking now. This is probably the reason why I like to do interview style because I often just ramble and go all over the place and don't really make sense. So if you're still listening right now, props to you. I appreciate you. And if you are, please message me and just send me your favorite emoji because that will be my sign that you actually listened through this whole podcast and props, man props to you. (laughs) But anyway, that's where I've been. That's how I've stayed on track. I've educated myself. So I know when I pick up that junk, 
that I may be picking up this junk in this one moment, but that doesn't mean the end of it. And I do know what I need to do to succeed. And I do know that it's not the end of the world that I'm going through this right now. And the thought that food is winning a little bit isn't a horrible thought, but it doesn't mean that I'm done forever. And it has definitely helped me to stay on track enough that I'm not crazy gaining weight like nuts. I am staying within a eight pound frame. I'm up and down in that eight pounds, but it's fine. I continuously weigh myself. I make sure not to beat myself up if I gain weight, which I have. I've I again have been going up and down in about an eight pound radius. Um, I'm choosing to make sure that I know what I'm doing and I'm choosing to make sure that I continue to move forward. And even if it's just for one day in a week that I'm sitting there and I'm going, yep, I got this. Today's a good day. That's still an accomplishment because I got a lot of crap going on. Okay. So you should be looking at it that way too. You can't just turn around and give up and think you're done because you gave in for a while. If you've plateaued for a year, if you plateaued for two years, if you've plateaued for whatever, if you've gained weight back, you have the power to change that because you control your life. So take that control, turn around, and do something with it. Don't allow yourself to wallow in your pity. Believe in yourself any moment that you can. And you may not be always able to believe in yourself, but you are worth more, so do it. That is something that I constantly have to remind myself because throughout all of this, throughout all the drama, throughout all the hard times, throughout all the depression and all the anxiety, the only thing I can do to control my life is to sit there and remind myself of the good. Sit there every day and say to yourself, look in the mirror and say to yourself what you are proud of. It may be really hard to find those things. But right now I'm looking in the mirror in my office, looking at myself, and I'm thinking to myself, I am someone who loves to help people. And that is something I should definitely be proud of. I am proud that I have the knowledge and I'm able to help people the way that I help people through their issues. And I'm proud to be as strong as I am. And I'm proud of the fact that I have plateaued for the last year and I haven't gone back to my old ways. And I am proud of the fact that I'm able to move past this depression and this anxiety and find my routine again. And I'm proud of the fact that yesterday I ate well. And I'm proud of the fact that I am able to have days of really good eating days, even if it comes along with some bad ones. So, yeah, that's what's going on. That's how I move past my plateaus. And that's what's to come in the future. So be prepared. If you're not following me, you should, because I just took some more before pictures. <laughs> before the next set of loss because I need to improve my climbing and I need to improve my life and I need to feel better and I need to change what I've so long thought about myself. And within that also comes with the fact that I need to change how I'm eating and how I'm living. And I'm excited. 
I'm excited for the change and I hope you're excited for the change too. So without further ado, I'm going to stop rambling again, props to you. If you got to this point, I love you <laughs> and I hope you all are having a great, great day. Let's get it people.